Hi, everybody. I'm Carol Burnett, and I'm here with Devin. Very happy to be with you and to talk with Devin. We're going to get five. We're going to be in so much trouble. Yes, I want the Maserati. Yes, I won the Academy Award. I wanted it when I was 12, and I still want it to this day. I'm always reluctant to introduce some people in the business. You know, sometimes you give extraordinary introductions to people. There are few people in the business that I can talk about like I can talk about this lady. She is uh, obviously one of the most beloved entertainers I know of. She is one of the most talented performers I think has ever come along in the entertainment business. Carol. 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 She is something special. Would you welcome Miss Carol Burnett? Hello? I think I've got it. Okay, you're a genius. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> so... I don't know how much you, you know about what I'm trying to do, but basically I am making a docu-series seeking wisdom from veteran actors and actresses. I even spoke to a World War II veteran, and we're just kind of passing along a message from several different people uh, to youth about chasing their dream. Oh, that's great. Yeah. How old are you, Devin? I'm 17. That is terrific that you're doing this. That's wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you. And so everybody has their own story of how 2020 unfolded for them. How did your year go? Well, actually, I've, I feel very fortunate because, uh, you know, I, I have a roof over my head and I have food on the table and I don't have to worry about it. And so I right. every morning I would wake up and say, you know, I'm very, very grateful uh, because my heart goes out to those who aren't as fortunate as as I am. And yeah, sure, yeah, you know, you get a little tired of being housebound, but um, hey, considering uh, the alternative, I'm I'm grateful, and we're we're getting through this. And um, I just recently had my vaccination, so I I feel very good about that. Awesome. And um, and so I'm, I'm in touch with my family, my and um, I, I am also fortunate because I have my husband, and we're together, and we also have our pet cat, Mickey, that keeps us uh, laughing all the time. She's very funny, and uh, so and I read and uh, I binge watch television, certain certain series, and some I'm watching all over again, and. Uh, so, you know, and we've just now started to venture out a little bit to some local restaurants where I live in Santa Barbara. But we go early on a Monday night, uh, and we're like around 5.30 in the evening to have dinner because there's nobody else in the restaurant but us because we're nice. early birds. So it feels kind of good to get dressed and uh, to go out. and. Um, so I'm weathering it very well and uh, just hoping that soon this nightmare will be truly over. You, you mentioned that you were, you were binging. Uh, what have you been watching? Have you seen any, anything? Well, I watched, or... 
I I watched Bridgerton, Bridgerton <laughs> and okay. I watched I started rewatching um, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. My mom loves Breaking Bad. Oh, I I had seen it when it first came out, but you know you you forget certain uh, certain scenes and so forth. And Better Call Saul is just as good as Breaking Bad because oh, yeah. it's created by the same people. Uh, Vince Gilligan and uh, Peter Gould. And I'm really excited because in August, I'm going to be doing a guest shot on Better Call Saul. Really? Yeah. Wow, that is exciting. I know. (laughs) Well, I'm a big fan of Vince Gilligan, and uh, we got in touch with each other a couple of years ago because he watched my show and he watches the reruns and stuff. So we connected, and um, he just said, you know, someday I'm going to write something for you. And I said, I can't wait. And, you know, and here it is. Yeah. So uh, we're going to shoot it in Albuquerque in um, in August. So when I told my mom, I said, Mom, I, I got an interview with, with Carol Burnett. She, she got super excited, and so did my dad. And oh. You've touched the lives of my parents and I have friends who even watched it with their parents watched your your show the Carol Burnett show oh my and goodness I myself being born in 2003 right I watched Annie as a kid and <laughs> that came out in 1982 but I mean I was I was raised with with older movies but um I know several kids my age who loved Annie and so I just wanted to thank you for that and also oh, that's so sweet of course, yeah. I'm getting fan mail from 10-year-olds and teenagers wow. who, they watch me on uh, our show on YouTube, and then we're on MeTV, and then we've had the DVDs come out. And right. so, yeah, they're kind of discovering us all over again. And, uh, you know, people say, well, why or what is The thing was, Devin, we were never very topical. We just, you know, we went for the belly laughs and so forth so that so many of the sketches and things that we did back then, 50 years ago, 40 years ago, uh, they still hold up. Tom felt sorry for them. They couldn't go. Lock the gallery opens when they go. <laughs> All they could do is just blow and go. North <laughs> We didn't get into politics or, you know, being topical for what was going on in the world. We we really did a musical comedy review every week. And uh, I'm just thrilled it it, uh, it holds up. I mean, I dare right. anybody now to watch uh, Tim Conway and Harvey Corman in the dentist sketch. You can uh, Google that or uh, YouTube it. It's over right. 40 years old, and you will laugh your socks off. It, because it holds up. It's so funny. And uh, and that's what we aimed for with my show at the time. I did want to also ask a little bit about your show on Netflix that came out in 2018, A Little Help with Carol Burnett. Oh, yeah. How was your experience doing that? <laughs> well, that was really a walk in the park. I mean, that was really fun. There was no rehearsal, no rehearsal, because it was all, uh, you know, the kids, we just asked the kids to ad lib. So all I had to do was just kind of, you know, be the MC, And yep. uh, I, I just love being with 
the, the age range was perfect. We didn't want to go above nine years old because when you're that young, you know, you're nine or eight or seven or six, uh, you don't sense, they don't censor themselves when they're going to talk. Right. You know, you ask them a question and whatever's on their mind, they're going to blurt out. They're not going to think, oh, should I say this or shouldn't I say this? Whereas once you get to be 10 or 11 or 12, then the, the kids start to, you know, be careful or think about what they're going to say. So that's what made it so much fun, you know, that uh, the kids yeah. were, they were just brutally honest. <laughs> and so, and uh, yeah. it was just fun, yeah. Tell me about yourself. Well, I'm, I'm Carol. Burnett. What's your resume? I started a little thing called the Carol Burnett Show. I haven't heard of it. Well, I won a few Emmys for it. I got a trophy in soccer once. You did? Everyone did. Oh. In each documentary, I give um, my guest the opportunity to tell a little bit your story, how you want it to be heard. Um, so if you could do that for me, that would be great. We were poor, and uh, I was raised by my grandmother, and uh, we really had no no money, really. And I remember when I graduated uh, from Hollywood High School, I wanted desperately to go to UCLA. But right. get this, way back in the covered wagon days, uh, the, the tuition was $43. Can you believe $43. it? $43. But we wow. didn't have, we didn't, that was too rich for our blood because our rent right. at the time was $30 a month. And even that, my grandmother thought, oh my God, how are we going to be able to do that? You know, so. She said, there's just no way you're going to get to go to UCLA. Forget it. Well, we lived in a one-room apartment in an apartment building, and our uh, room was faced the lobby of the uh, building, the apartment. And uh, across the lobby was the pigeonhole mailboxes. So every morning it was kind of my little job. To, I opened the door, and I would peek out to see if there might be an envelope in our particular slot. And so this one morning there was. And I put on my robe and I went across the lobby and I picked the envelope out of our, the slot and it had my name typed on it. And I oh. opened it up and there was a $50 bill. Ooh. Well, yeah. And to this day, I don't know where that came from. Really? My grandmother didn't have it, and the people, we, I mean, it was just like out of the blue, which was my ticket to UCLA. Wow. So I got to go to UCLA, and I was going to major in journalism, but they didn't have a major in journalism. You could take a course and join the school paper. So I looked through the catalog, and there was a, a major called Theater Arts English which then would give me the playwriting courses because I wanted to be a writer. And I thought I'd do right. that and join the Daily Bruin, the newspaper. But I didn't realize when I said, okay, that's going to be my major, that if you majored in theater arts, English, you would major in theater arts, theater, theater arts, film. No matter what, if you were a freshman in that major, you had to take a course in acting, a course in scenery building, a course in costumes, and a course in lighting. And so there I was, you know, and I was thrown into this acting class with 
there were 14 of us. I was terrified. I'd never done anything like that, you know. And yeah. um, I had to do a scene and pick a scene to do in front of the class. So I picked something kind of light, and uh, they laughed. And it was where they should laugh, you know. Right. And I thought, wow, that's a good feeling. And so I started trying out for some of the school pl- uh, student-written uh, school plays, and I was getting parts and doing And all of a sudden, I'm 18 years old, and I never knew that I had that kind of, I don't know what you want to call it, talent, or that kind of interest yeah. in being a performer. It was all an accident. And had I not, I mean, had there been a school of journalism, I wouldn't be talking to you today like this. That's incredible. You never know. And then some, uh, one of the students came up and asked me uh, if I could carry a tune. And I said, yeah, because my grandmother and my mother and I used to sit in the kitchen and sing a little bit. So I I got into a chorus of a, a, a musical in the music department and uh i was loud i was in the chorus but i was loud (laughs) so the director said you're a little bit too loud for the chorus but would you do a scene from guys and dolls which was a big hit musical many years ago in on broadway and and sing a solo do a solo and i i was I don't know, you know, and uh, the solo was a song called Adelaide's Lament, and in it, Miss Adelaide, that that would be the character I would be doing, is singing about the fact that she has a bad cold, and so I thought, well, I can do that, because if I hit a wrong note or anything, I can pretend that that it's it's due to the cold, and you know, and And I did that, and all of a sudden, I said, I want to be, go to Broadway and be on the stage in musical comedy. So all of it, Devin, was just boom, you know. If I just stand right here, there's a nice draft. I'll be dry in no time. You swam the boat. Uh-huh. We tried to stop her, but she wouldn't wait for the drawbridge. I, w- I was doing stuff in the musical comedy department at UCLA, and we were going to have... <clears throat> uh, we were going to do our finals, and I chose a scene from another musical comedy called Annie Get Your Gun. And uh, the professor said to the class, we're going to uh, have have a party in, uh, in San Diego, a formal party, ladies in gowns and the men in tuxedos. And why don't you kids come down? There were nine of us. And do your scenes as entertainment for the party, and I'll grade you, you know, for that. So. Wow, we all went down and it was. We did our scenes, and I remember I went to the hors d'oeuvre table, and I'm putting hors d'oeuvres in a napkin to take home to my grandmother, and there's a oh. tap on my shoulder, and I thought, oh my God, I'm busted, you know, for stealing hors d'oeuvres, and I turned around and it was a, a man, gentleman and his wife, you know, tuxedo, and she was in a lovely gown, and he, they said we loved what you did, and. He said, "What? What do you want to do with your life?" And I said, "Well, someday I want to go to, to go to uh, Broadway and be in, music, in a musical comedy." And he said, "Well, why aren't you there now? Why aren't you in Why aren't you in New York now?" And I said, 
well, you know, I, I can't afford it yet, and I'm hoping someday I can save up enough money. He said, I'll lend you the money. And I thought, wow. well, the champagne's talking, you know. And uh, his wife said, no, he means it. So he gave me his card, and he said, be in my office a week from tomorrow, and we'll talk about your career. So I was able to get back down there. That one, he was uh, he was in um, building uh, construction. That was his uh, that was his occupation. And I went into his office, and he's sitting behind this huge desk. And he said, "Okay, I'm going to lend you a thousand dollars." Well, I told you our rent was thirty dollars a month, so a thousand dollars to me then would be like somebody saying, I'm going to give you half a million today, you know? And and I went, Oh wow. And he said, there are stipulations. He said, you must use this to go to New York, use this money to go to New York. You must, if you can, you pay it back in five years, no interest. You must promise to help others out if you are successful and you must never reveal my name. So that's how I got to go to New York. Trip of a lifetime. It was. I'd never been any further east than Texas, where I was born. And you're going to the Big Apple. We go went to the Big Apple, and I was so naive. I didn't even plan on where I was going to stay. I just, <laughs> I said my grandmother didn't want me to go, and I said I have to, because that's what, what they gave me the money for, and yeah. I. I I checked into a hotel. I had a little money left after having to, you know, buy a plane ticket and a couple of a suitcase and put my clothes in it, you know. And the, the hotel was nine dollars a day, and I mean that was just unheard of for me. And I was scared about it. And I had one telephone number in my wallet that the gal gave me who had been in the musical comedy department at UCLA. And she came to New York, and she got in touch with me through her uh, boyfriend. And uh, they gave me her phone number saying, Carol, if you're ever in New York, call call me. So I had that number, and I called her. And she said, where are you? And I said, I'm at the Algonquin Hotel. She said, oh, my God, get out of there and come over here. I'm at a place called the Rehearsal Club. And it was on... West 54th Street, and I went over there, and it was, the rehearsal club was very famous at the time. It uh, There were 25 women that lived in it, and they were all uh, wanted to be in the theater, uh, and so she said, you've got to, I've got to try to get, uh, get you a room or a bed here, because the rent was only $18 a week, room and board, so that yeah. I could afford. And so I met the house mother. It's all very proper, very on the up and up. And she said, well, I have, we do have one bed available. And it was in a, what they called the transit room. It was a big room. And it had five roommates. There were five women in that one room. So I, there I was. I had a cot and a dresser and a little place to put my suitcase at the foot of the cot and four other roommates. And so I, uh, I kind of got into the groove and uh, uh, learned how to make the rounds to go to different agents and stuff. And uh, 
so this one time I went to an agent, finally got in to see one, and I said, he said, well, let me know when you're in something. And I said, I don't know how to get in something unless I have an agent. <laughs> I can't get an agent. It's <laughs> catch-22. And right. he said, well, go put on your own show. Ooh. Well, the penny dropped, and I went back to the club, and I called a meeting with all the girls. I said, we're going to put on a show. And we did. We we put on our own show, and we, re- uh, we rehearsed, we wrote it, and we uh, rented a concert hall for two nights and sent out penny postcards to every agent and director and producer in town saying, you're always saying, let us know when you're in something. Well, we're in something, so come and see us, and this postcard is your ticket. So it was packed, all these, you know, big agents and directors and everything came both nights and uh three of us got calls the next day and i got an agent wow it's like Devin, you know you make your own breaks yeah and i think it was because i was raised going to the movies in the 40s where it was like mickey rooney and judy garland they would put on a show <laughs> and it would get go to broadway you know and that there, nothing was impossible. There was no cynicism in the movies when I was growing up. So I had, I was very uh, naive, but I think that worked for me because I felt there's nothing I couldn't do if I put my mind to it. When you were on the plane to, to New York, how old were you? 20. All by yourself. All by myself. That's so amazing. Oh, and what's really funny, I, you know, you just wonder... When I was in the hotel, I called home, collect, and my grandmother, and then my mother got on the phone, and my kid sister, come home. I said, I just got here, you know, and we all started crying, and I felt so, it was the first time I'd ever been alone, and and, uh, so, and that was before I called the girl at the rehearsal club, because that was the night I got there, and I love rain. I don't like it when it causes floods, but I love rain. And I mm-hmm. hung up and it started raining. And I looked out the window and everything and I turned on the radio in the hotel room. And you can look it up. It said Hurricane Carol is on its way to New York. No. Yep. Oh my. <laughs> what is- <laughs> I went, Okay, I'm okay. <laughs> it's gonna be fine, you know. You really brought the storm. Well, it was August. You can look it up, 1954, Hurricane okay. Carol in New York. What are they on? All those things, you know, the $50 bill, the gentleman who lent, lent me the $1,000, the rain, the fact I had the one telephone number that then gave me a good place where I could park myself and live, you know? It mm-hmm. was just all quite wonderful. And so I, I, I just felt like I've been blessed. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. like you said, it it is all your own hard work. Yeah. Hard work that you put in with the blessings that you have. It right. Really paved uh, paved a pretty path. A pretty path. <laughs> That's right. That's right. How have things been in the past few years of uh, your life, your story? Well, I've been uh, before the pandemic hit. I would <clears throat> I've done some guest shots on sitcoms and stuff and then i was going out across the country i would go uh 
and book I would be booked in theaters where I would go and do ninety minutes of Q and A's, you know, mm-hmm. which would keep what I would call the old gray matter ticking, you know, that you have to really because none of the uh, questions are planted at all. It's all random. Mm-hmm. So that I, you know, I just point to people who raise their hand. I say, okay, you in the second row there. What is? And then they'll ask a question. So I have to be on my toes. You know, I can't be thinking about tomorrow or what I did yesterday. I have to be in yeah. the in the present. You know, in the now. And it's a good exercise for the brain. There was one little boy. This was about a couple of years ago, I guess it was. And uh, so I called on him. And and I say what's really wonderful was that I was getting audiences from ages five to 95 because of being on YouTube and, you know, the DVDs and everything. So anyway, I called on this little guy in the second row and I said, first of all, what's your name? And he said, Andrew. And I said, how old are you, Andrew? And he said, nine. And I said, and you know who I am? And there was a pause and he said, Surprisingly, yes. <laughs> wow. Is <laughs> that adorable? I mentioned that I watched Annie a lot as a kid. Um, um, I happened to see Tim Curry at a convention. I wanted to hear from you a little bit about uh, what it was like working with Tim. Oh, I love Tim. We, uh, Tim and Bernadette and I were the unholy three, you know. And right. Bernadette was one of the first uh, people I ever signed to do my show. So we go back, way back. <laughs> Tim, I was a fan of from Rocky Hart, you know, and so it was a thrill when he came. The three of us just totally bonded. We got along so great. And then uh, a couple of years after that, I took my daughters. We went to uh, London, you know, on a trip. And uh, and so we went out and visited Tim and we had lunch with him and everything. And, no, he's, he's a great guy. And, uh, can't say enough about how much fun he and I and Bernadette had together. Are you in touch with any of the stars of Annie? Oh, well, no, I haven't seen Eileen for a couple of years because, you know, she's all grown up now and sweet, so sweet. And, of course, Bernadette and I, we talk all the time because, you know, we're we're really very close friends. She lives in New York. So we've been talking about once a week, you know, during the – pandemic and everything and she's she's just amazing you know she's uh she looks like she's in her 30s still she's just amazing amazing and uh and she's still uh you know before this all hit she was she was doing concerts you know and she uh, would Mm. go and work uh, with symphonies and stuff and singing up a storm and looking gorgeous and very very sweet Another close friend I talked to in New York, uh, Joel Gray. We're close, and then you know, no, it's, uh, it's just I just can't wait to be able to go back to New York and see a bunch of people. And oh my gosh, just to see a Broadway show. I'd like to see a Broadway show. I have never seen one. Oh, oh, well, yeah. there's nothing like it. There's you know, when you're there and and it's live, and you know that. Everybody's in there, you know, and yeah. having the same experience. 
It's just, uh, there's nothing like it. Have you ventured up into Canada at all? Have you seen Niagara Falls? Oh, sure. I've been, uh, well, I worked in Canada years ago. I did a movie with Elizabeth Taylor called Between Friends. We were in Toronto. And then, uh, yeah. And then I worked, uh, I've done my Q&As up there in uh, Ontario and um, uh, Toronto and Oh, you name it, I've been there. <laughs> you know. And oh, yeah. the audiences are just fabulous. Then the last little portion of the interview is is just a message or a piece of advice that you would like to give to youth and even nine year olds. <laughs> well, that's that's different because it would be different kinds of advice for a nine year old than you would give <laughs> somebody, yeah. you know. But I remember, you know, some people I, I get mailed saying how how do you deal with um with with not getting the job you know mm-hmm. and how do you deal with depression you know if you especially if you want to be in get a sh- get in a show and you audition and you don't get it and you get depressed you know and i remember when i was in new york i did i did an audition for something in the chorus and I can't remember which show it was and it was it narrowed down to another girl and me and I thought I had it I thought I've got this job I just know it well I didn't she got it and for some reason Devin and I'm grateful to this day it occurred to me wait a minute it's her turn it's not right. my turn. My turn will come someday, but this was the time for her. And that kept me from being depressed. Right. You know, that, that you, you might not be the right type or anything, but if you, mm-hmm. if you have the fire in your belly and you really want to do it, stick to it and your turn will come. So thank you so much for joining me, Carol. It, it, it means a lot. Well, thank you. I I love talking with you. Seems we just get started. And before you know it, comes a time we have to say so long. Good night. Thank you. I got to speak with Ed Asner. Oh, I love Ed. He was amazing. He is. Yeah, we worked together. We did a uh, show with uh, Walter Matthau. It was, I forget the name of it, uh, and uh, where Walter and I were Adam and Eve, and Ed played God. Of course Ed's playing God. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Some things you were born just too early for. Adam, how'd you learn to talk so good? So well. Huh? How'd you learn to talk so well? Yeah. You talk perfect Hebrew. Thank you, God. 